Welcome to episode 67 of the Italian American Podcast, the first podcast dedicated to helping Italian Americans learn about their heritage. We do that by speaking to Italian Americans in all different age ranges, professions, and locations. And in this episode, we're taking your questions, which we've collected, and we're going to answer them for you, and we're excited to do it. I'm your co-host, Anthony Fasano, and I have with me Dolores Alfieri, and it's time for another episode. Dolores, how you doing? Hello, Anthony. I'm doing very well. I'm so excited to do this show. This is our first Q&A, but from your responses, it looks like it's not going to be our last, huh? Yeah, I mean, we just sent the email out yesterday and we posted it also in our community, the new neighborhood on Facebook. And, you know, we didn't know if we would have had enough questions by today to do the episode, but it looks like we have enough <laughs> questions from multiple episodes. That's so. right. So thank you, everyone. I mean, we, we love so much that our community is so connected and involved and responsive. And, you know, every now and then when we're kind of just grinding producing the show, getting guests, we sometimes can forget how many of you are out there and how passionate and enthusiastic you are. So we just want to really thank you because, you know, at times like this, it, it really makes us feel great and like the work we're doing actually matters. So grazie mille. Yeah, absolutely. And real quick, one thing to mention is we do have a private community on Facebook that we run called The New Neighborhood, a place for Italian-Americans, which the idea is to help provide a community of Italian-Americans where you can kind of get close with other Italian-Americans and talk about your culture and share pictures of, you know, your dinner, or your family coming over or, you know, you're making wine or making, you know, tomato sauce, whatever it is. And it's been very powerful I have to say, I think both of us didn't know what to expect when we started it, but we've become very friendly with all of the members. And I say that because we also posted in that group as well for some of the questions that we're getting for today's episode. And I just wanted to mention that. Um, yeah, you know, the, to give it. an example of the new neighborhood, Ant, I have a, I think like a good example from recently. So a few weeks back, my husband put on the movie um, Saturday Night Fever. Which yeah. <laughs> you remember this, right? Which personally, like, I'm sorry, I just, I can't stand, I can't watch it. So I was like, I can't watch this. And then I started, it started me thinking about why I can't watch it. And I just instantly grabbed my phone, went into the new neighborhood and I posted basically like, I can't watch uh, Saturday Night Fever. What do you think about this movie? Is it racist? Is it not? And it started this whole long conversation between everybody in the neighborhood about our identity, films, how we're depicted in films, etc. So it's really this place you can go to for kind of immediate feedback about, you know, anything Italian-American. Yeah, it's fun. And it is it is important because it's nice to be able to share stuff like that with other people that get it. As opposed to like either not being able to share it or, you know, not because I think when you share those types of things, it helps you want to do more of it. It helps you want to preserve your heritage and share it with other people. And that's kind of the whole reason that we started the podcast. And so that group gives us another dimension where we can actually interact with people. So that's absolutely. That's did we tell here. them how to did we tell them how to join? 
if you want to check out the new neighborhood, it's probably a good thing to do. Um, <laughs> go to italianneighborhood.com. There's a video from Dolores and I there explaining the new neighborhood and you can join. And we would love to have you. We'd love to have you as part of this family that's growing. And as it grows, we are always thinking about more things we can do, maybe in person, maybe around the holidays. We did an Arthur Avenue tour once. That was a lot of fun. Some of the members came out and we'll certainly plan to do some stuff in the future. With that. All right. So with that, I think we're going to jump in here. We got quite a few questions we want to try to go through that you've submitted to us, which we're very grateful about. The first question that we have here, I'm going to kick it over to Dolores to take this one, which is from Mike, I guess if I say it in Italian, Chandela. Um, yeah, I think you pronounced that correctly, Anthony. So Mike writes, Anthony and Dolores, huge fan of the show. I listen to it all the time. Love that. I grew up in Bergen County, New Jersey, and took many aspects of Italian-American life for granted. Now that I've moved to near Dallas, Texas, this podcast helps me feel like I'm still part of that community. Could you recommend a good resource for learning Neapolitan? I've been learning Italian over the past few years in, a, in an attempt to further gain an appreciation of the Italian-American culture, but I would really like to also learn at least some Neapolitan since that was the language that my Southern Italian immigrant ancestors spoke. Sadly, most modern language learning programs don't cover that. Thanks again and keep up the good work. Terrific question, Mike. Okay. A, I mean, we might want to take a minute to talk about that in general. So in our last Power Hour episode, right, we had this long conversation where Pat was pretty much yelling at all of us for using the word dialect. And he was insisting correctly that we call it a regional language. If I'm remembering correctly, that was his term, right? Yep, that was right. I got chastised for that, yes. Yeah. (laughs) So, and his point is, it is a recognized Neapolitan is a recognized world language. And you guys, if you're really interested in this topic, you really should go back and listen to the power hour episode. It's the one right before this one. Episode 66. Yep. Thank you. Cause we really get into it. And his basic point is that Neapolitan is a world language and it should have been the language of Italy because it's what's spoken by the majority of Italians, especially in the South. And it is a language that we should learn, but it is hard to learn. It's hard to, because it's a regional language, it's hard to write and it's hard to read. And it's tough, even for me, I have to really, when I'm reading Neapolitan, I have to sound it out as if I'm speaking it. I don't know if that makes sense. So there are some resources, and I do think it really connects us to our ancestors. And I completely understand, Mike, why you want to learn it. For me, I'm spoiled. I grew up with it, and I know that it's made all the difference. So there is actually Neapolitan tutors on italki.com. So we've talked about that website several times. I know we talk about it a lot in the new neighborhood. But if you join, it's free to join, and you just search in there, you know, just say Neapolitan tutors, a bunch will come up. I know because I've, I've looked and I've done the same. And you can really get terrific tutors on that site, italki, so I-T-A-L-K-I.com. You can find some terrific tutors, and they're really not expensive. Right, Anthony? I think it's less expensive than if you hired someone here to go to their house or something and sit down with them for an hour and you're getting the person on Skype in Italy. Exactly. Right. So you schedule a time and your tutors 
you know, she or he will be in an Abolidan, probably in Naples even, you know, or at least having grown up there, a native speaker, and you're in your own home and you Skype and you speak and you learn that way. Also, when I read this question, I remembered um, our guest, Mallory Houdois, from episode, I'm forgetting. Anthony, do you know? (laughs) I'll look it up while we're talking. (laughs) All right. TBD on that. So um, mentioned she she writes she finds a lot of old prayer books and they're they're written in Nabilidan and she has a tutor who she loves who helps her translate them from uh, Nabilidan into English and vice versa. And she, we have linked in that episode show notes, we link to this tutor and her name is Anna Shkonamilio and you could hire her and use her as a tutor. We have somebody that we know and love who has, who uses her regularly and loves her. It's episode 44, by the way, that's four. Thank four. you. And I think also Dolores, important thing to note is that based on reading Mike's question, I would say it sounds like he's mainly interested in learning some conversational stuff, right? So there's a big difference between that and then like learning how to read it and write it like you were mentioning before. So I think getting someone, whether it's this person specifically that Dolores mentioned or like an iTalkI, you'll at least get to converse in it. And you'll at least get to pick up some of the sounds and be able to speak it, which, you know, it sounds like from Mike's perspective. And I think for most Italian Americans that would want to learn this regional language, I'll call it, and we'll call it dialect in case Pat's listening. Um, (laughs) (laughs) That would really do it for them, right? I mean, I I I think to go learn one of these dialects in terms of writing and reading is extremely going to, is going to be very difficult. Like, I don't want to like make it sound like it's going to be easy in any way, shape or form. I mean, obviously you have Dolores who grew up with it, who's explaining to you that even reading it is difficult. So I think keep that in mind when you're thinking about how much you want to learn. And one last thing, definitely start listening to Nabilidan music, Nabilidan songs. This is a huge, very, very rich tradition in our culture. I mean, even famous singers from the North will sing Nabilidan songs. They'll cover those songs, the old traditional Nabilidan songs. And they're all sung in in the regional language and they're all titled in the regional language. So for instance, you could you could find a song, a classic song, Usurdada Namorad, and you could look that song up, Google it. You can see the lyrics. They'll be written out in Nabilidan, and you can listen to it as well as in Nabilidan as somebody singing it. And there's so many people who have covered that song. That's a terrific way to learn the language, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's jump over to another question here to keep it rolling. This one's from Sarah Pantanella, who is a member of the New Neighborhood. And Sarah says, I'm not sure if this is too broad of a question, but what suggestions would you have for people who want to get more involved in the Italian-American community, but who don't live in an area with a prominent Italian-American population? The podcast in the New Neighborhood fill that void for me, but ever since I left university... I no longer have a physical Italian club that I belong to where I can use the language and share the culture. Thanks for all that you and Dolores do. Thanks, Sarah, for your question. It is a really actually important question because I'm sure that there's so many Italian-Americans like you that aren't necessarily in a heavily populated uh, Italian-American community. And I think, you know, one of the things that 
we want to accomplish with the new neighborhood, which as it grows, we hope will start to work, is that that's exactly what we're trying to do in being able to connect Italian Americans in locations, I mean, in all locations, but even locations where there aren't maybe a large group of Italian Americans. And the reason I say that is because one of the ways I would answer this question would be to f- to create your own community, even if it's a group of three to five people, you know, in your in your neighborhood, try to find them somehow, however you can do it. There's all different ways these days between social media and other ways to try to find people and whether it's through church or whatever the case may be. But I think even if you find a small group, it can be very rewarding being able to connect and speak with people in the same backgrounds. I mean, even for Dolores and I, you know, we started doing the power hour, which is great because we get to sit with more people like ourselves now on a regular basis. We'll do the I was episode. just going to say that. Yeah, we'll hang out. <laughs> that was so going to be my addition. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't have to be, I guess the point there is it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to find a club of like 20 to 50 Italian Americans. You can just create a small group. Absolutely. It's hard for me to express how just the five of us, six of us who are doing the power hour, that group that gets together how that has enriched my life in terms of my heritage. It's immeasurable. And like I said, difficult to describe. And I even grew up and still live surrounded by Italians. And it's still just that little touch of peers, people our age, you know, to be able to kind of go out for pizza and drink wine and speak Nabilidan to each other, or even proper Italian and make jokes and get it. It just has changed my life for the better. I really believe it's it's a gift from God. So you might have to do a little more work to find those people. The new neighborhood really is a great place to do that. You can connect with other people. You know, we find out where people live, etc. Maybe just kind of going out into different pockets of the neighborhood, etc., and just trying, like you said, to find a couple people here and there. Or maybe you even have to travel a little bit. But everybody meets every Wednesday for pizza. Right. In a uh, central place. Exactly. Yeah, exactly right. And, and I think the point that we're, we're getting at here is that it doesn't have to be 10 to 50 people, right? And if you think you're in an area that's not heavily populated with Italian Americans, maybe you are, but you need like a handful of people basically. And there's probably ways that you can find them. Like I said, maybe it's going to church on Sunday and, you know, just starting to get your friends and people there. That's a good place you might find Italian Americans or other restaurants or, you know, places where you might find right. them. So that's or like a grocery store, even, yeah. you know, an Italian grocery store. We have a bit, a beautiful big one here that I'm not going to use the name because they should, they should sponsor us. <laughs> not give it away free advertisement anymore. And when I go in there to shop, I can, there's a lot of Italian Americans around. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. And you, you can find them for sure. And one other thing I'll say real quick before we jump over to the next question is an example from the new neighborhood of this idea is we actually have, believe it or not, two members from the neighborhood that live in Hawaii. And which was kind of cool, the fact that they were able to see each other in the neighborhood. But beyond that, one of the members from the mainland went to Hawaii and ended up getting to visit with one of them because they met in the new neighborhood. And um, this person had a farm in Hawaii, so they got to spend time in their farm together. It was really cool to be able to see that in the new neighborhood because that's effectively what we're trying to create. Um, right. And they shared pictures. Yeah. They shared all, all these pictures, say. which yeah. was pretty amazing. So anyway, just another example of how you can you know, make these connections and it can be very rewarding. All right. Let's jump over to another question. I'll read this one, but then I'll give it over to Dolores to answer it. This is from Jamie. I'm interested in hearing more about the topic Dolores and Rosella 
brought up a few weeks ago about the role of Italian-American women today. And of course, Rosella, she's speaking Rosella Rago from Cooking with Nona, who uh, participates in the Power Hours with us. And Jamie goes on to say, Dolores, how do you and women you know balance the role of being a modern American woman able to work outside the home, etc., with the role of preserving the beautiful stay-at-home traditions Italian women have been passing on for generations? Of course, Anthony can weigh in too. I'm sure he observes <laughs> I like women. that. Like- I'm sure he observes women in his family balancing these roles. It may also be interesting to hear Anthony discuss how the man's role has changed over time as well. Thanks. I love your show, Jamie. Thanks, Jamie. So, Jamie, I'm so happy that you sent this question in. And I'm sorry, we're not actually going to get into it in this episode right now. So I'm sorry about that. But we did want to read it because we have been talking about this exact topic here, the team behind the scenes. And I have been doing a lot of work myself, just kind of creatively taking notes, thinking about it, brainstorming. And we've actually been thinking about possibly starting a third show based on this very topic. So I see it as a sign, Jamie, that you sent this in and I really appreciate it. And I just want to throw out to everyone who's listening right now that if this is a topic that you would like to hear more about, and obviously just like the various tenets of that topic, you know, I feel like we could really unpack it through many episodes and really get deep into it. If you are interested in that topic, could you please send me an email and let me know? Because that would be really helpful and really inspiring. So you can email me at Dolores, D-O-L-O-R-E-S, at ItalianAmericanExperience.com. Doesn't need to be a long note. Just drop me a note. Let me know you're interested. And also, if you want, let me know what aspect in particular you might want to hear discussed. Thank you. All right. I will just add something in there since she gave me some permission to (laughs) Which I appreciate, by the way. If in terms of the man, I one thing that I noticed in my own family is that today a lot of the men in the family cook quite a bit, including myself, my brothers, my father. Yeah, your um, family really does cook. The men do. Yeah, yeah. seems like mo- like I would say more most of the meals actually. Again, that's part of maybe evolving, I guess. And you know, like for me, for example, I work out of my house primarily, so that kind of lends itself to being able to start dinner and cook and because my wife works out of the house. So I think it, in some ways it's dependent on that. In some ways it's just dependent on, you know, I don't know. I kind of feel like I learned a lot in terms of like, you know, you you learn about like gardening and then growing vegetables and then one thing leads to the next and then you're in the kitchen, you're cutting them, you're cooking. So I kind of feel like it's also just been like passed down from generations that, you know, we kind of like to be hands on. So that would and you know what, and I wonder if I wonder if that's also kind of the shifting role of the woman's role. You know, you just said you work from home. If your wife is out at work, you know, for me, even in my home, vice versa. You know, it, it's not like I'm home all day, just able to make dinner. So you kind of have to balance that out. Maybe, maybe that made women, basically women going to work made more room for men to cook in the kitchen. Yep. And and then that's probably part of it as well. I think, you know, I think like, you're right. The things are changing basically. Um, We should do an episode on that. The changing role of Italian American men. I think that's a terrific idea. Yeah. 
So I think, Jamie, what we're getting at is your question is way too complex for us to answer here in a couple exactly. of minutes. <laughs> Yep. Um, it'll be answered through other pieces of content that'll be much larger that probably than a, than a, than a, a comment. But we do thank you for bringing it to our attention. And like Dolores said, if you have other thoughts on that whole topic, you should email her at Dolores at ItalianAmericanExperience.com and we can work some more on that one. Nice. All right. So okay, what's next? let's keep going here. Uh, we're on a roll. We have a question here from... Peter. Peter Chidinjone? You think I got that right? Peter so. Chidinjone? Okay. As a second generation Italian American, I was raised with a great sense of pride and family. My Italian heritage was certainly the cornerstone of my identity. Yet that didn't mean we were immune from ethnic slights, discrimination, and derision at times. Schoolyard taunts and adult mocking of surnames, criminal innuendos, and job denials still happened. The history of Italians in America is based not only on determination and culture and accomplishment, but also upon sometimes brutal ethnic derision and strife. Our community has evolved with this dichotomy of great strength in ethnic identity, but also a more complex relation with the larger society. How has that made us who we are? And how does this dynamic separate us from those in Italy with their own South-North history? These are big questions, but you did ask. Thank you for your valuable shows as well as your outreach. He's right. <laughs> we did ask. <laughs> oh, boy. Peter, this is, a, first of all, a terrific letter, uh, very powerful and and terrific questions. And I think that in some ways I hope that we strive in, in episode ap- after episode to kind of address some of these things. You do ask big questions, and there's a lot here. So let me see. Let me start with the economy of great strength and I think with your first question, the dichotomy of great strength and ethnic identity, but also a more complex relation with the larger society, how has that made us who we are? My first response is for so long, we were very insular. And I know from talking, having the privilege to talk to so many wonderful guests, I know that that even comes from the South from history, you know, we kind of bring that with us, the, f- the family bonding together against the government, trusting only one another. And then here, I think it, the family unit, of course, but then that family unit kind of, kind of extended into the neighborhood and in the 40s, 50s, even 60s, 70s. And of course, even before that, where we protected ourselves against the larger American society, because we were faced with a lot of racism, we would not get certain jobs. For so long, Italian-Americans were very blue-collar, and we took blue-collar jobs, and it took a lot of work and a lot of people breaking through boundaries for us to get to the point where we, we are at now. And I also think, conversely, this love of La Familia and this group tribe mentality also kept us in the neighborhood. So we've talked so many times with a lot of guests, John Maggio, Gay Talese pop into mind right now about the fact that there would have been really talented people in the 50s and 60s, 40s, etc., who would have not done all of what they could have done because they did not want to leave the neighborhood and the community where they felt connected and safe. Right. Yeah. 
So that's my first response to, you know, how that's made us who we are. I also think it's still now that we are a lot more assimilated, I think it still remains. I find often that we still feel like a community that is judged, discriminated against, dismissed. Anthony and I and John and Pat just had a very <laughs> active conversation yesterday about something that's kind of happening behind the scenes here that we may or may not have to talk about at one point, where we feel like we are being singled out um, in a way that no other ethnic group would be singled out. Right. But I think one of the things to talk about on this exact topic is educating other generations that aren't aware of this about it. Like, absolutely, I think a lot of Italian Americans that are younger take their current social status for granted because they have no idea of what Italian Americans went through without understanding the history of immigration and the history of, you know, what our ancestors went through when they came here and they were working and they were, you know, so I think. I like the fact that Peter brings some light to that here because I think for those of you that are listening, it's a good conversation to have with your kids or, you know, whatever. Yes, absolutely. I was talking to someone recently, an, um, a Medagon, you know, a, not, a non-Italian, and he was telling me that he has somebody that uh, he knows in his regular prayer group, and he's an older Italian-American, probably like in his 80s. And he was telling him a story recently about how when he first started working, you know, like, like when he was a teenager. And he he came to America, and he said there used to be signs that said work available, and it was something like, work available, pay, you know, a dollar 25. And then it would say blacks, a dollar 15. And then it would say Italians, a dollar. Hmm. Wow. And the guy I was talking to said, I had no idea. And I just said to him, that's right. You know, a lot of the American, larger American culture doesn't. Right. And because of that, we get dismissed and we're not really completely understood externally. And that's our fault because we're not we don't completely understand internally. Yeah, absolutely. And, and just you know, piggybacking on that sign that you kind of just mentioned, that example, we saw the same thing happen. I'm sure many of you may remember uh, Lou Del Bianco who came on the show and his grandfather, Luigi, who immigrated here, who was working on Mount Rushmore. And when I worked on the book Out of Rushmore Shadow with Lou, I, I had to go through all the historical documentation and everything. And basically like his his grandfather while working on the mountain was, you know, pe he was basically discriminated against. I mean, there's records that he left the mountain so many times and they basically had to stop the faces on Mount Rushmore until the designer could convince this guy to come back and deal with all this stuff for really what wasn't a lot of pay. And it just is in like people have no idea about that story. That's one of the reasons That's that right. like we wanted to work on it and we wanted to get Lou on the podcast and stuff because, and thank God it was on CBS Sunday morning. So even more people know, but the point is, is that, you know, here's a guy that basically was the chief carver on one of the biggest monuments that represents our country. And through that process, he was an Italian immigrant now, you know, became an Italian American, was discriminated against, was paid very poorly, and eventually ended up, unfortunately, dying from the stone dust, the disease from it. 
Um, and it took his family 30 years of basically Lou sacrificing almost 30 years of his life researching it just to get the guy recognition. And after he got the recognition and I was there for it and they put the plaque on the mountain and we put it on CBS, the people there, and this is funny, I, I didn't even tell you this, Dolores, but my parents' friends went to Mount Rushmore like two, three weeks ago and they were there. My parents told them about Luigi and they saw the plaque. They went into the bookstore and they wanted to buy Lou's book. They don't even carry it there. Come on. I swear. Unbelievable. <laughs> Because it, because it do? tells the true story. Right, because it tells the true story. Yes, yeah. And which yeah. is exactly what you just mentioned with this gentleman that told you about this sign and everything. Is That was just another another example of it that people don't even know. Right. And here, here he's really actively trying to get the story out and they're still kind of censoring him. Yeah. And I think I think it's exactly to the point where uh, that's dismissed. That's being dismissed. So when I say we're still dismissed. That's what I mean. What's happening in that scenario is they are saying, oh, whatever, Italian-Americans, you're fine. Right. Stop. Like, what are you, like, you didn't really struggle. Right. Why are you whining? Give me a break. Italian-Americans discriminated against. And that's, that's what's happening. You have to be a different ethnic group for them to think you struggled. Right. But yeah, there's another sad. example. Right. I mean, if if this was any other ethnic group, would Mount Rushmore not have that book in the bookstore? Or would it have taken 30 years to get credit? Exactly. Exactly. I can't prove that. Right. But I've seen enough and heard enough that I don't think they would have been as dismissive. In fact, I think they would be doing like Mia culpas. And, oh, it's time to right the wrong of history. That's what they would be doing if it was any other ethnic culture and celebrating it. Yep. Oh, just got heated up on that one. <laughs> <laughs> that fiery blood just, whew, okay. Peter fired you up. Great question, Peter, clearly. Yeah, that was great. <laughs> uh, and then there was, a, I think he had a second question. Well, the second question was kind of how has this made us who we are? And obviously I think it's baked into who we are. I think it's baked into our values. I think it's, I think you see Italian Americans and I'm not saying that other cultures aren't hardworking people, but I think we often see how Italian Americans have one speed and one speed only, which sometimes can catch up with us. But for the most part, we're very determined, which I believe is in part because of this, because of the way we had no other option. I mean, our ancestors had no other option except to grind it out, deal with all of this discrimination and then fight through it or else their families wouldn't have made it. That's right. And so I think that that's been passed down to us for sure. And I think actually, you know what? I think that this leads us, we can go into another question that we have here that leads us right into that question. Let me, let me read this one for you because it, I think it directly relates to this, which is from Eugene Salandra in LA. And Eugene says, how can we continue to preserve our Italian American cultural and family traditions? And at the same time, embrace the global technological and sociological advancement of the 21st century. And I think the reason I think this ties in is because we've been given this very determined work ethic you know, strong values, strong family values as part of it because the families had to stick together, right, to get through those times. So now we're finding ourselves getting into a, a society where things are more spread out. Dolores and I talk about this all the time. Families moved apart. There's more technology. Kids are on their phones, right? There isn't just people sitting around anymore just talking, 
unfortunately. And so how do we make that happen? It's almost like the reason I tied it to the last question is because in some ways we've been given such a hard work ethic that the way society is built now, if you put us into this society, we're just kind of going to work ourselves into the ground, essentially, (laughs) because, you know, we're such hard workers. But the way society works now is work is 24 seven because of the technology. Boy, tell me about it. You know what I mean? So I find this as a real challenge, probably not just for Italian Americans, but I'm talking about it in, you know, from our Italian Americans perspective right now. But I think for Italian Americans, if you are bestowed with a, with your ancestors mentality of do or die, basically, right? In today's society, do or die means you might be working like 20 hours a day. Yep. Right. Absolutely. At least, they, at least as hard as they worked. And I know that they worked very hard. At the end of the day, my grandma tells me this all the time, her father would sit around with them after dinner and drink his wine and they'd sing Italian songs. Aww. So how do we that do that today? Amazing. <laughs> we, we just have to we just have to try to do it. We just have to try to do it the best we can, Eugene. And again, we're trying to do it with the new neighborhood, which is a technological way of connecting Italian. We're trying to use the technology to reserve our culture. You know, we have to try to use it to help us. And we have to remember that family's important. Every five, pe- five family members sitting on their phone, staring at their phone individually right. is not going to help us grow stronger. We need to say, put the phones down. Let's sit around That's the right. table. Or let's go take a walk. So. That's right. And we've talked about this so many times on the show, the great Lydia quote that she uh, uh, yeah. gave on our, on, in our show, which is keeping a family together is work. And I would say keeping traditions alive in this day and age is also work. And there are times when we're very tired and we don't want to do certain things and, but, you know, but we push through and we do them. And I know for me in particular, whenever I do that, I'm always grateful. I mean, just, just recently I had, you know, your brother and my godson and my cousin over, and I was so exhausted that Sunday. I wanted to just lay down on the couch and close my eyes, but we had talked about them coming over and, and, you know, I pushed through because I love spending time with them and I don't get to spend enough time with them. And we had a, of course, a wonderful day. Like we always do. And I was exhausted at the end of the day, but I was, I was grateful that I had made the time to be with my family. Yeah, that's what it is. You got to make that. Someone's got to do it, right? That's what Lydia that's right. said. Someone's got to do it or it's Someone not going to get do done. the work. All right, we're gonna we're gonna wrap this one up, but I just want to mention I know we had some also some questions that other questions that came in through the na- new neighborhood. We didn't answer them today though, because I again all the, a lot of these questions are much deeper than like a Q and A show. I know Jack was looking to hear another episode around like when we did the super sod or, or tomato sauce. Right. So we are gonna do something like that. It may be through the power hour or through the show. Chris is asking for an answer which which we never gave on how much money to put in the envelope. Oh uh, right, <laughs> but right. I th- I think we're doing more wedding episodes, so that may eventually get answered. And I don't know if there is an exact answer. And also, I actually have an answer, but oh, maybe in the next Q and A. All right, we'll do it in the next Q and A. I, I want to hear that before I, I, need to, <laughs> I need to clear that first. Um, and also, Michelle asked a good question about Abruzzi and how it the regions kind of split up, and we need to look into that a little bit. Um, and we will do that for the next Q and A, and we'll we'll try to do these regularly because we obviously see the response was amazing in terms of people sending us questions. Um, so we'll, we'll make a commitment and maybe we'll even do one of them with the power hour. I think that would be fun to get other perspectives on it. So that's true. That's a great idea. All right. With that, I'm going to just kick it over to Dolores. She'll take us out of this one. We thank you for all your comments, your questions, the reviews. I mean, we're almost at 70 reviews on iTunes, which is blowing Dolores and I away. We just can't believe it. We're so grateful for that. Um, and just keep them coming Dolores. 
I, I just got distracted because I just saw your brother, my cousin, and my godson walk past the window. <laughs> they heard you. <laughs> they must be next door in town. I think they are because she texted me yesterday. Anyway, and they they went to get coffee. So I just kind of I was about to knock on the window and then remember that we were recording. How funny <laughs> is that? Oh, you can't make this stuff up. Um, All right. So tell, them, tell everyone say? where to find us on social. <laughs> Okay, Amici, you can find us on social media. We are on Instagram at Italian American. We are on Facebook at Italian American Podcast. And we are on Twitter at Ital American. Arrivederci!